Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Intimacy Podcast for the Million Dollar Man. I'm your host, Rhonda Farr, and I am happy to be back with you. Today we're talking about this space when you're not quite there yet, but you're not where you were or where you used to be either. We're talking about this space, especially in relationships, when we're trying to step into a new way of relating, when we're trying to step into new patterns, and we're in the messy middle where we might not be seeing the results that we want. Maybe we're not seeing the tangible results in ourselves yet, and we're especially not seeing the feedback from our partner or our loved ones that we were hoping to see. Before we dive into all that, recently I was talking to one of my coaching peers and she was talking about some things going on in her personal life and summer break for her kids and her trying to jump back into work. And she was saying like, man, I didn't realize how much of my creative capacity it took to do a podcast. And she was saying, well, it's fine because I don't really have my clients like knocking down my door, sending me emails saying, where's the next episode at? Where, why are you late on getting that episode out? And I laughed and I said, you know what? I'm feeling the exact same thing. And yeah, me neither. My clients aren't knocking down my door. Do you know what? The very next day I received a message from someone who listens to the podcast saying, hey, was very nice about it. Just checking in, just wondering if there's any more podcast episodes coming. And I laughed because then I got a couple other inquiries and um, messages about the podcast. And I laughed and I thought, dang, thank you, universe. People are listening. People do want to hear um, more about this topic and more about my experience, my client's experience. So super happy to be here. Thank you for requesting more content. So today we're talking about one of the most common things I coach on in my private practice, and that's helping my clients leave the familiar relationships that are no longer bringing them happiness or no longer serving them while they're stepping into the unknown space of potentiality or more connection. In the space where we're learning to hang out with our own sense of self, but we're also trying to not um, keep managing our partner's emotions and We're trying not to expect our partner to manage us anymore. This is when we're learning new patterns. We're flexing new muscles. The physical intimacy may be clunky or even be taking a back seat to the emotional resilience that we're trying to step into. You guys, this can feel super unsettling. And it's also really confusing sometimes. When we know we don't want to stay where we've been, but we also don't quite understand where we're even going to end up. Have you ever moved, like physically moved your house somewhere that you thought would eventually be a better fit for you or your family, but it didn't feel that way in the beginning? Perhaps it's that you've left something behind that no longer served you like a smaller house or maybe you were in a location that wasn't a good fit, but you hadn't quite settled into the new space. Maybe when you've moved into the new space, you've even felt a little bit of sadness or longing for where you used to be because of the lack of familiarity, the lack of safety, the lack of comfort. When we moved several years ago, that's exactly how I felt. I felt so unsettled for a while. In fact, I coined the term back then that I was emotionally homeless. 
So I remember specifically one evening, I love baths. I know baths seem to be controversial. Some people think it's just soaking in your own filth. (laughs) I don't know. I love baths, especially with some Epsom salts after a hard workout. But anyway, I remember I was in this new house and um, I was in this bathtub that is square shaped, by the way. So it wasn't even, and I'm short. So it wasn't even long enough for me to fully stretch out. And that was annoying to me. And it was back in the kids' space because that's the only bathtub that we had in the house. Um, so it was back in the, the Jack and Jill bathroom between the kids' bedrooms. And I was looking up at the tiles and they were kind of cracked. The, the grout was cracked. Um, it was kind of stained. It just was like so dingy looking. And I was thinking, why did we do this? Like the old house was better. Like it was newer. It was nicer. It looked better. But it still didn't serve us, Right. And for a time, it just felt icky. Like, why are we here? This is not where we wanted to end up. Location-wise, it was, but the house itself, meh. I think this is so, so normal in life, both in our physical spaces, but also in our emotional spaces. In this new home, while I knew it had the potential to be a better fit, it was really difficult to see it in some of the moments when we first moved in. Why is it so hard for us to go in between spaces? Because the human brain loves consistency. It loves familiarity, especially in ways that help us feel emotionally safe, which is ironic because the humans also often crave variety and growth. But we like that growth to come in ways that feel more in our control. For example, we like the safety of us being in charge of something, but then that becomes boring. So we'll have to plan something to shake things up. Maybe you do this in your business, or maybe you do this with your vacations to change up the scenery around you, or maybe you do extreme sports to offset the familiarity and the mundaneness of your life that you get really good at repeating every day. The brain likes familiarity, but it also likes the rush of change or the rush of something exciting and new. We're always experiencing the tension of the human condition to be known, but to be independent, to feel safe, but to feel the surge of emotions, to rest in familiarity, but to grow into the unknown. Just like I mentioned earlier, when we first start stepping out of the old patterns and venturing into the new, we will feel unsettled. Some of you guys already know this. You should expect it. It does not mean anything has gone wrong. We will likely feel disoriented and perhaps a lot of anxiety as we hope for something different, as we step towards something different, but also while we haven't quite figured out how to create it. Do you know what a liminal space is? If you Google the meaning of a liminal space, you'll find It's the uncertain transition between where you've been and where you're going. That could be physically, emotionally, metaphorically. To be in a liminal space, according to the Googles, it means to be on the precipice of something new, but not quite there yet. The word liminal comes from the Latin word lemon, which means threshold. So we stand on this threshold between old relationship patterns of safety and familiar, and the potential for what we're really craving with our partner is on the other side. 
And this is super scary. Like, I want you to think about this threshold that we're about to fall over, this cliff that we're trying to venture closer to. And we don't know if there's a net on the other side. We don't know if there's something that will catch us. Like I've already mentioned, we're afraid to fully step into new patterns because we don't know what we're going to have to tolerate in this new space. And we aren't even sure if the payoff is going to be there. We don't know if we can navigate our way through the unknown. Of course, that's alarming to move into new ways of being. Those old patterns are more predictable. And in some ways, they're more emotionally safe for us. But we're always living on the edge of an unknown possibility. And that is also exciting. That also gives us hope and motivation. Sometimes we stay on the edge of possibility because the unknown is too risky. It feels too scary. Here's what I want to offer you. Ultimately, liminal space is the entryway for change. It's almost impossible to step in something, into something better or something that we desire or crave more without passing through a liminal space. Between the places of safety on the surface Everything will look mostly the same to your friends and family, and maybe even to your partner, and maybe even to yourself for a time. These liminal spaces, a lot of times people are not going to know that you're passing through them. And I actually think this can intensify the anxiety. Like, for example, imagine if you were walking through something really physically scary. It's um, October now, so think about like a haunted house. Like, if you were walking through a haunted house, but nobody knew you were in it, nobody else could see the really scary things you were facing, like, it might feel really awkward. Like, you're, you're afraid, and you're dealing with your emotions, and you're dealing with these scary things that are popping out, but everybody else is like, dude, what's wrong? Everything is fine. Everything's the same. When we feel like we're alone in the transition, that can spike the discomfort level even more. Can you see how there's the expected anxiety of change and then the discomfort of others not really understanding what's going on for us and then we're going to feel a little alone in that and then we're going to be craving what we are hoping to find on the other side but we're going to be confused and disoriented not knowing if it's really there but also the pain of the past not really wanting that. Can you see the layers in all of this. It feels very unsafe. When we're in, when we're not in the safety of the familiar past and we haven't reached the long for future place that we hope exists, this gets dicey. And oh, by the way, the person we care for the most who we want to come along with us, they may or may not notice that we're even moving and they may or may not want to move with us. This is why it's so scary. This is the nature of, of liminal spaces and especially liminal emotional spaces. Now, there's some reasons that this happens. Many of us, many of you listening to this podcast, you're choosing to step in a liminal space on purpose. But this could happen through divorce or different types of breakups. This could happen through illness. We could be forced into it through the death of a loved one, kids growing up, leaving the home. And for many of you, you're choosing this, though, because this is what we get to do when we wake up to the unhealthy dynamics of our physical intimacy. That's really what catapults most of my clients. They're like, wait, the physical intimacy was great. <clears throat> now it's not. What's happening here? And that will push us toward that threshold to figure out what we could create that's better. 
Liminal spaces are mostly associated with transitions. They can in fact feel like a loss, almost a loss of our identity when we stop living on the default mode. That's why it's so disorienting. It's like, this was working so well. This is who we were. We've identified with our role in these relationships. And then we kind of get pushed to this threshold and we're like, wait, what? We no longer can go back to that old space and it literally feels like a loss. You can see why liminal spaces come with so much unease or uncertainty. It's almost like a part of us is no longer anchored into the ground. We are coming untethered in a way, untethered to the old patterns, but the brain can interpret that as we're becoming untethered to our identity. And it's so unnerving to navigate new territory without concrete or experiential information. And that's something that we don't have. Like by definition, when we're in a new space, we don't have any experiential information to navigate our way through. So what we sometimes want to do instead is resist a liminal state that we might be facing. But if you know me, you know that resistance usually makes us feel worse. If we're pushed to the threshold and we're like, heck no, I'm not going there. I'm going to resist that. I don't want that. Then we're going to be anchored to a past, past patterns, past identities that are no longer working and no longer serving us. What if we could just accept that this life is full of these transitions and that's what we're actually here for? That's what growth is. That's what being a human is. What if we asked ourselves, what can we own and hold on to in these moments when we feel unanchored or untethered? What do we want to be? Who do we want to be as a human? What is an integrity with us when we face the uncertainty that will come? These experiences, they don't have to be all negative to your mental health. They can be for sure, but they certainly don't have to be. Just like regular exercise, like if you're going for a run or going to the gym, it can hurt and it can burn and it can be tiring to step into these spaces. But we know it can also lead us to very positive outcomes and strengths and confidences that we didn't have before. If we can approach transitions with some skill, some curiosity, and willingness to feel the discomfort of growth, that's where we flex the muscles that actually give us confidence, strength, and resilience. These spaces give us a chance to learn, to reflect, to consider, to hope, to explore possibilities, and they give us a space to step into healing and new ways of relating. Now, I know that right about now, all of you are saying, okay, stop talking about it so much and give us a step-by-step guide (laughs) to make this a very efficient, easy, and productive process. If you know me, you probably also know that that's not how these transitions work. I can offer you skill sets and tools, and that's what I do all day long in my one-on-one practice, but I'm here to tell you that it's still messy. This is the messy middle. This is just part of growth, and I experience it myself. And you and I all will probably encounter liminal space opportunities forever. Just recently, I was reminded of that when I was facing some rejection in my own marriage. 
I was feeling unwanted and uncared for. And I'm not saying that's what my husband was actually doing, but that's what my body felt like. And I went through a few days where I went, I was in this liminal space, right? Like I have tasted some of what it's like on the other side, that like awesome connectivity, this emotional connection that takes the physical relationship to this awesome place that, you know, we were really enjoying. And then something happened. It kind of anchored me back like, wait a minute, is this real? Right. And it was almost like I described it, um, in one of my social media posts is like the devil and the angel on each shoulder. It's like that past pattern was saying, screw this, screw him, screw the marriage, screw all of it, right? Like it's too hard. Other people will want you. Other people will validate you in these ways, X, Y, and Z, right? My brain was really having to battle with that place. And then this other side of me that's like, nope, you are loved, you are safe, you're just living the human experience, keep stepping in, keep learning from this. My whole body and nervous system was screaming, this isn't safe. Abort, bail, get out, right? But my intellect could tell me, even when it feels really unsafe and scary, we know we're safe and we know we're headed in the direction that we want to go. Even when you have the skill set, it is difficult. And I was able to navigate through that. And I do think it is amazing for me to still feel these moments so I can keep relating to my clients and know what that feels like, but also so I can keep teaching myself that I am capable of navigating these spaces when they get messy. I get it, you guys. It is so disorienting. It is so unsteady. It's riddled with moments of hope and then massive feelings of uncertainty. No, this space isn't one that most of us are willing to walk into intentionally. Most of the humans won't do that on purpose. But those of you listening to the podcast, I know many of you have. And for that, I commend you. For that, you will be rewarded at times with uncertainty and anxiety, just like I was. And at times you will be rewarded with possibility, with freedom, with feelings of potential for deeper connection to yourself and others. The question really is not, am I doing this right? Or is this the way it's supposed to feel? But it's more, can you tolerate how it feels to embrace this liminal state while you open the door for more? I have felt it. It is worth it. I think I've said it on the podcast and some of you in our one-on-one work. I don't think you have any idea how amazing it can feel on the other side. But equally so, I know it feels disorienting and difficult. Now, when I was faced with the devil and the angel on each shoulder, I took a deep breath. I spent three days, literally three days, feeling what I feel, leaning into it, describing it in my body, learning from it, asking myself what part of me, what regressed child inside of me is feeling abandoned and alone? What is screaming at me, right? I went in, felt into that, comforted those parts of me, validated those parts of me, become more resonant with those parts without judgment, trying to have all that compassion. And then from that space, when I'm able to regulate myself, I get to have a more mature conversation with my partner. That is what this is like in real time. It's uncomfortable. It's unsettling. And it also can be very, very productive and create even more connection if we can navigate with a solid sense of self, meaning a solid internal compass to keep your direction, to keep yourself focused toward your goals. 
It's so easy here to make these moments feel like our partner is doing something wrong. And that doesn't mean that they're blameless. Like you are in a relationship, meaning this is relational. I'm not trying to say that I know all of you have perfect partners. In fact, I absolutely know you don't because they're human. Nobody's perfect. But if you can keep your goals that you have for yourself in mind, that's where you can regulate yourself. And then you can have a conversation that's so much more mature and productive with your partner. All right, guys, that's what I have for you this time. I know I haven't had a lot of space open on my calendar recently. Um, Thank you to all of you amazing guys who are out there asking for help, who are doing the one-on-one work, who we've had um, amazing interactions. I appreciate you so much. And if you're just now exploring these tools and you want some more help, please check back on my calendar from time to time to look for availability for um, consultation calls opening up. That will happen pretty soon. Uh, I'm also going to shoot for the beginning of 2024 to run a pilot program um, to do a group coaching session with you guys. So I've never done a group coaching session before or group coaching program in this vein. So we're going to be opening that up soon. But for now, check back on my calendar if you're interested in one-on-one work. My um, schedule is pretty full at the moment, but we will have slots opening up in the next few months. All right, friends. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for asking me where the podcast is. It will keep coming.